0: The following message is brought to you by the CD ministry of Rancho Baptist Church. This message by Pastor Matt Shia was recorded during our regular morning worship service. Pastor Matt is the senior pastor here at Rancho Baptist Church in Temecula, California. Well, with the new year already here, there can be a lot to worry and be anxious about. While Pastor Matt is on a missions trip in Mexico this weekend, our discipleship pastor, Lou Dawson, is going to be preaching about worry, and our text this morning is in Philippians chapter 4 and verses 6 through 7. So go ahead and turn there if you have your Bibles. And now, here's Pastor Luke.
1: Well, I hope you guys had a good, uh, a good Christmas and a good New Year's. Uh, we certainly did. We had, uh, we had the kids home. And, oh, it's always so nice to see the kids. My kids are grown and, and out of the house, and it's, it's wonderful to see them. And I don't know about you, but this first week back is kind of like... Uh, it's kind of the old... Back to reality, you know, all the, all the four-day holidays are now behind us, and now we're kind of face head-on with uh, 2008. And interestingly enough though, guess what? The issues with 2007, they're still there, they're still there. You know, our uh, economy is teetering on the brink of recession, there were articles in the paper yesterday that I saw that indicated maybe even more, uh, more closer than what we thought. And uh, certainly many of us don't really know what's gonna happen economically 2008. And the housing crisis, it's affected us too. We have folks in the congregation here that have had their mortgages go up, as well as a number of folks involved in the construction industry that their jobs have evaporated altogether. And not only that, we have an election right around the corner. And certainly that's gonna affect what goes on in 2008, and we don't really know quite what's gonna happen there. But just to kind of keep all this in perspective, um, all of the issues we face, they really kind of pale in comparison to the issues uh, faced by this guy here. (laughs) I want to thank Pastor Matt for this great picture. Uh, Poor guy. (laughs) He doesn't know what's going to happen, except he may be dinner. But seriously, as we ponder the upcoming year, it would be very easy to start worrying. And I know that I certainly am, am tempted with that from time to time. And worry is definitely not a good thing. Our Corrie Ten Boom, who was the survivor of the World War II uh, concentration camps in Germany, she made this very astute comment about worry. She said, she said, worry does not empty tomorrow of its sorrows, it simply empties today of its strength. And that's so true. And for this reason and many others, right at the outset of 2008, I want to look at the whole thing of worry from God's perspective. And the title of today's sermon is God's Prescription for Worry. Now turn with me to Philippians chapter 4 in your Bibles. And if you don't have a Bible, you'll find one there tucked away in the seat pocket in front of you. But before we dive into our main passage in verses 6 through 7, we need to have a look at Philippians chapter 4, verses 2 through 5, which paints a surprising picture of what was going on in the Philippian church. Worry was only one part of many issues that were happening in the Philippian church. In Philippians chapter 4, verses 2 through 3, we learn that there was a significant feud that was going on between two prominent women in the church, Euodia and Syntyche. And it seemed like this this feud was not only going on, but it was spilling over into the rest of the congregation. And in verse 4, we surmise that the overflowing joy of their relationship with the Lord had evaporated. Praise for the Lord had vanished from the lips of the Philippians, and their eyes were no longer lovingly fixed on the Lord, but they were fixed on themselves, and their joy was gone. And working backwards from the first part of verse 5, gentleness had also fled this body of believers. There was no spirit of bearing with one another and forgiving one another. In fact, it seemed like survival of the most mean and armory had become kind of the battle cry in Philippi. In the second part of verse 5, we sense that the Philippians had gotten their eyes off the Lord. They had forgotten that Jesus was returning soon. And instead of focusing on their relationship with the Lord and their mission of spreading the gospel, they were fighting with each other. In our main text today, verses 6 and 7, It's kind of the last piece of the puzzle. And in that, we surmise that there had been an outbreak of worry that was coming forth in that congregation. And though it doesn't come right out and say it, this loss of joy, this absence of gentleness, this loss of focus on the Lord, and even the worrying, seemed to overflow from the interpersonal conflict that was going on within the congregation. We'll talk more about this later, but suffice it to say that where there is ongoing interpersonal conflict in a body of believers, there will likely be worry and anxiousness. Now, with this background in view, let's look at the first part of our main text today, Philippians 4, verse 6. And in it, the Apostle Paul exhorts the Philippians to be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, With thanksgiving, make your requests known to God. And in this verse, we see the Lord's prescription for worry. Now, let's unpack it together. The first thing you probably noticed is that the word worry doesn't even appear in verse 6 in most of the translations. Most of them have the word anxious. They say anxious. And in the uh, New Testament, this Greek word appears 18 different times, and in most places, it's translated worry, but here they translate it anxiousness. And the worry of this verse is is having an anxious concern based on a fear about something that possibly may happen in the future. That's what that anxiousness is. And interestingly, in verse 6, that word is derived from from the Greek word, which means to divide or distract, and thus one Greek dictionary defines the word as having a distracting care. That's what worry is, and make no mistake, worry breeds fear and distraction. Worry is kind of like it's like this this big giant black hole that sucks in all of our thoughts and causes them to kind of churn around in our minds. And fear and perceived danger are magnified as these things churn around in our our brains. And as we allow these churning thoughts to grow in our minds, we're distracted from turning to the Lord. And as worry sets in, our fears, they become bigger and bigger and bigger. And what happens to the Lord? It becomes smaller and smaller. And smaller in that that terrifying thing called tomorrow it's out there lurking threatening to devour us as we worry any of you who are, are experienced worriers like me I confess it know what this vicious cycle really is like and I want to ask you right at the outset here what are some of the consequences of worry that you guys have experienced in your own lives. What are some of those consequences? What's that? A lack of sleep. sleep. Isn't that fun? You wake up at 3 in the morning and it's like, ding, and you're wide awake. And when do you go to sleep? Not that night. Yeah. Other things? Stress. Stress. Yes. Stress. What else? Ulcers. Ulcers. Aren't those fun? Yeah. That's a really nice thing that we get from... uh, from worry, any other things you can think of what's that you're consumed by it. it just takes over your thoughts it takes over your thoughts. any other things what's that? A weakened immune system worry has has impact on our entire body. you can't breathe. You get panic attacks. Oh those are really swell aren't they? Those are a lot of fun. Lack of faith. All these things. All these things. You know, and for all of these reasons that we just talked about here, uh, Paul's issues with the Philippians, he issues the Philippians a curt command in this verse, not to worry. And not only this, but Paul tells them not to worry about anything. Not even one little bitty thing. No exceptions. The late Kenneth West translates this portion of verse 6 as follows. He says, Stop worrying about even one thing. Pretty powerful stuff. And thus the first part of the Lord's prescription for worry is to put off all worry. Like a piece of unwanted clothing, take that thing off, and throw it away from you. That's what we need to do with worry. You see, worry is a sin, plain and simple. We may try and disguise it by saying, oh, I'm just extremely concerned about that. But make no mistake, worry is wrong, plain and simple. It's rooted in doubt and fear, and therefore we must put worry off. Now, having told the Philippians to put off all worry, he tells them what to put on in its place. Look with me at the rest of verse 6. They are to, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, make their requests known to God. Paul instructs the Philippians to ask the Lord to take care of their problems instead of worrying about them. But he tells them to do it in a particular way, and that's what we're going to look at. Notice that Paul tells them, To ask by prayer. Now, the word that Paul uses here is the most common word for prayer in the New Testament. And in general, it means, as that general sense of talking to God, but it also has the idea of praise and worship involved in it. You see, Paul is telling the Philippians to present their request to the Lord in the context of praise and worship. They're to be reminding themselves of what the Lord is like as they present their requests and praise Him for His beautiful attributes. They're to sing praise to the Lord about His power, praise to Him about His sovereignty, about His great love, about His faithfulness and His ability to take care of the things which are facing them. In my own life, I found it particularly important to Praise the Lord and remind myself of His great love. I I meditate on these great passages of Scripture about His love. Romans 8, Psalm 23, Ephesians chapter 1, Psalm 91. All these great passages. They've helped me when I'm tempted to worry. You see, praising Him and reminding myself that He is right there with me, walking through it, Boy, does that that diffuse a lot of worry and a lot of fear. It stops it right in its tracks. You see, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out all fear. And fear is a very close relative of worry. And the most effective antidote for fear that I know of is reminding ourselves of the nearness of perfect love. That is the Lord Jesus Christ, that He walks there right with with us. And I cannot tell you the number of times that I have walked through fearful times when I was tempted to worry, literally holding the hand of the Lord Jesus as He walked right there next to me. Now let me ask you, if if we applied what the Apostle Paul is telling us to do here when we're tempted to worry, what do you think would be some of the results of that? We applied that. What? We'd be happy. Yeah. We'd, we wouldn't lose our joy. That's a biggie right there. Strength. Strength to go through it. Yeah. You develop, trust in the Lord. you develop trust in the Lord. You know, and that's one important thing. Worry drains us of strength. It really does. And yet when we do that, it'll give us strength. Anything else? It'll give us peace of mind. Yeah. We don't have to lose that joy that he gives us. And the Lord would get bigger and bigger and bigger in our eyes. And what happens to the worry? smaller and smaller. It's amazing how worry shrinks down to its real size when we're reminding ourselves of what the Lord is like. And it also keeps our joy intact. That is so important. Notice the second thing that Paul instructs the Philippians to do in verse 6. They're to present their request to the Lord by supplication. Now some of your versions probably have the word petition. And this word has the idea of earnestly asking the Lord for something. And the Lord does want us to earnestly cry out to Him. He does. You see, when we're tempted to worry about something, He wants us to call out to Him with emotion and passion. Because He's that kind of a God. Our Lord is a very deeply emotional God, and He doesn't get on us because that's what He's like, and He expects us to passionately cry out to Him. But but notice the order we're to do it. We're to worship and praise first, and then passionately, earnestly cry out to Him second. You've got to make sure and keep that order straight. And Paul instructs the Philippians to do a third thing in verse 6. He tells them to make the request known to the Lord in the context of worship and praise, earnestly asking the Lord for help. But he also instructs the Philippians to sandwich it with thanksgiving. Now, thanksgiving has the idea behind it of remembering how the Lord has delivered us in the past and then thanking Him for that deliverance. And I actually keep a list in my Bible there of times that the Lord has, has delivered me. So I can look at that and say, wow, Lord, all these different times that you've delivered me. Praise you for that time when you delivered me, when I'm tempted to worry. And we're called to remember the faithfulness of our God and thank Him for it. We're called to rehearse those deliverances in His presence and give Him thanks for those things. And we do that, again... The Lord is magnified, and the worry, it shrinks. In essence, we're called to put on worshipful prayer and thanksgiving as we earnestly present our requests to God. We're to make our requests to the Lord. When we do that, we're essentially called to put into practice Psalm 92, verses 1 and 2, which I ran across this week. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, and sing praises to your name, O Most High, to declare your loving kindness in the morning and your faithfulness by night. Summarizing this verse, one commentator gives this interpretation of Philippians 4, 6. He says, Stop worrying about even one thing, but in everything by prayer, whose essence is that of worship and devotion, and by supplication, which is a cry for your personal needs, With thanksgiving, let your requests for things asked for be made known in the presence of God. Now we've looked at the Lord's prescription for worry in verse 6. Now let's look at the promise attached to this prescription in verse 7. The Apostle Paul comments, he says, And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Wow, what a promise! What a promise. If we deal with the temptation to worry, as Paul has outlined in verse 6, then the very peace of God will be ours. And this peace, it's a state of, of tranquility and freedom from worry and confidence in the Lord's provision. And as Paul comments, he says, It's beyond comprehension. I like what the Living Bible says. It says that it exceeds anything that we can even understand. And notice that it's the peace of God. He is full of love and joy and peace. And this fullness of peace can be ours even in the midst of the most difficult and trying times if we will handle worry His way. Also notice what this peace will do it will guard our hearts and our minds. That word guard, it's it's actually a Greek military term and it means to keep watch over as in a soldier on sentry duty at night protecting his fellow soldiers. The Lord's supernatural peace, it will guard our hearts and our minds. It will guard our emotions and our thoughts and It will machine-gun any attempt to ambush them. That's what it will do. Notice also that this peace that guards our hearts and our minds, it's in Christ Jesus. He is the source of it. His presence and His nearness maintains it. Abiding in His love and glory and power is the source of it. You see, supernatural peace of mind and tranquility... Our promise to those who practice the prescription. And what a promise that is. Now a few words of application before, before we close. We talked earlier about this, but it, it bears repeating. It seems that the context of this passage, that much of the worry that was happening in the Philippian church, was sourced in interpersonal conflict that was happening within that church. And inevitably, where there are high levels of ongoing conflict, there will be a temptation to worry. And for this reason, among many others, it's critical for all of us to guard against any ongoing interpersonal conflict, both in your families as well as within the body of Christ here. As individuals, we cannot allow conflict and unforgiveness to ever go on unchecked in our midst. And if we are having conflict with other people, we need to work hard on getting it resolved. And we need to do what the Scripture says. We need to put on a heart of compassion and kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving each other, whoever has a complaint against anyone. Just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you. And as a body of believers, we also need to continue to pray, as we have been these last couple of years, for the Lord Himself to maintain the unity in our body that has been here, and it's just been awesome, and we need to keep praying for that. Second, do not allow worry in your life, period. Just don't let it come in. You know as you walk into 2008, decide that you're not going to allow worry to live unchallenged in your life. You know, worrying is really a sin habit. That's what it is. And it does take time to break, so be patient. But start breaking the power of that sin today by repenting of it and purposing to put it off in the power of the Lord lastly, attack, worry the Lord's way. Include praise and thanksgiving as you request the Lord's help. Praise and thanksgiving really are the keys to the prescription for worry. They're really the keys to the whole thing. And it's tough to do sometimes, but it's essential ammunition against the war on worry. And you know, as we march into 2008 with all its temptations to worry and all those things let's advance confidently without any worry at all not even one single one Okay, let's let go of those things let's pray maybe today the Lord has shown you that you are worrying and if that is the case take a moment now and confess that sin to Him, because that's what it is, and release it into His big loving hands. Do that now. Lord, we, we are a people prone to worry, but we don't want to live that way anymore. Lord, we want to deal with it the way that You have prescribed. We praise You for Your, your greatness. Your power and Your vast love for us. We thank You for all the times that You have delivered us. You've been so faithful. We confidently look forward to Your peace which surpasses all understanding, guarding our hearts and our minds in and through Your Son. And we thank You for Your nearness to us.
0: We thank You in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. If you would like more information about this message, Rancho Baptist Church, or simply about knowing God in a deeper way, you can contact us on our website at www.RanchoBaptistChurch.org or you can simply call us at area code 951-676-2911. May the Lord richly bless you in your walk with Him.